RadioInfluence.com. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. A mayor and a father. The loss of a 13-year-old in the city of Columbus is troubling. Why is it that a 13-year-old would have nearly an exact replica of a police firearm on him in our neighborhoods? An eighth grader involved in very, very dangerous conduct in one of our neighborhoods. Um, This is the last thing that a police officer wants to do in their career. And um, unfortunately, because of the things that are happening out on the street, it becomes um, necessary at times to defend themselves. We um, are talking about a 13-year-old that we believe um, was involved in an armed robbery. One of our officers fired. And um, as a result of that, the young man um, succumbed to his injuries. Um, I know that some of the officers at the scene were very disturbed about the fact that uh, here we are out at this time of the night chasing armed 13-year-olds. I will not let an officer out on the street to perform their job if I don't trust them to be capable of doing so. Uh, We found a gun at the scene near... um, the suspect that we were trying to apprehend, and this is what that gun looked like. Our officers carry a gun that looks practically identical to this weapon. Um, it turns out to not be a, a firearm in the sense that it fires real bullets, but um, as you can see, it looks like a firearm that could kill you. So... We wish, we pray that these type incidents never, ever occur. I mean, we ought to be shocked and angry as a community. In the safest big city in America, we have a 13-year-old dead in our city. That's unacceptable. And we as a community need to come to grips with the fact, with such easy access to guns, whether they're firearms or replicas. There is something wrong in this country, and it is bringing its uh, epidemic to our city streets. And a 13-year-old is dead in the city of Columbus because of our obsession with guns and violence. That is not the chief of police responsibility, that is not the director's responsibility, that's not the chairman's responsibility, and it's not exclusively my responsibility. It is our responsibility. And it is time for this city and this community to step up to make sure that our children and our neighborhoods are safe. You know, I, I, I felt like he didn't have to die. You know, uh, he's a little kid. I felt he could have, you know, aren't, they, aren't, aren't, aren't our law officials trained? 
to disarm. And I hope that our kids, you know, remember Tyree, remember his smile. I don't like losing any of my kids. You know, I love all these kids. And they're all, you know, they're like family to me. So I, I feel like we should not have did more. That's all. Good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. I am your host, Vincent Hill. And for the first three and a half minutes, you've been listening to the latest shooting that took place in Columbus, Ohio, a few days ago. A 13-year-old was shot and killed by police. I don't know if the officer was white. I don't know if the officer was black. I really don't care. I'll get into why he was shot, and I'll get into why I played two pieces of audio here in just a minute. But before I do, I just want to say, last week we just went through the 15-year anniversary of September 11th, the biggest terrorist attack in U.S. soil in history, 15 years ago, I can remember exactly where I was on that day. Of course, I was in Army Green. So that day, to me, will always be in my head. It will always be in my heart. And you look back to what happened this weekend. There's some bombings that occurred in New York and New Jersey. It's kind of like this is happening all over again. Now, again, I'm not a politician by any means. But I will say I'm an American. I took an oath to defend this country against all enemies, and I think we need someone in office that will take this terroristic mentality that is going on on U.S. soil and fight it head on and not be afraid of it and not be afraid to call it what it is. Again, this is not political. This is Vincent Hill speaking as a U.S. citizen, as a U.S. veteran of the United States Army. This country that I love is under attack and we need to get a grip on it. Now let's get into Columbus, Ohio, and 13-year-old Tarai King. Now, this kind of reminds me of Tamir Rice a couple of years ago in Cleveland, 12-year-old, shot and killed by police, and yes, he was black, and yes, the officers were white, but the fact is Tamir Rice pulled out what, at that moment, police believed was a handgun. They shot and killed. Why? Because they had a 911 call from an individual who said there was a person in the park pointing a gun at people. Yes, in the 911 call, he said it could be a toy gun. He didn't know for sure, and that information was not relayed to the dispatcher. Well, it was relayed to the dispatcher, not to the officer. So the officers believed this individual, Tamir Rice, had a gun. They shot and killed him when he reached for the gun. Now, Here's where it gets different. This 13-year-old Tyree King was not only in possession of what police believed to be a gun, which I'll get into in a second. He was in the commission of a crime. Now, remember my old saying, crime brings police, not color. It's 2.30 in the morning. There's a 911 call. Remember, a 911 call of a crime Police get a report of a robbery where a witness who called 911 says, hey, a man was just robbed by seven or eight people. A member of that group had a gun on the victim and the others were standing behind him holding their hands like they had guns on them, too. Now, for the record, for those that don't know, if if you are not armed, technically armed with a weapon, but you present to the victim that you are, i.e. that you put your hand in your pocket and 
point like you have a gun or in the middle of the night at 2.30 in the morning, how can you tell if someone really has a gun if it's dark and all of that stuff? You have hence committed armed robbery because you gave the perception that you were armed. But let's focus on Tyree King. So they rob this man for $10 and they take off running. So the witness says he saw a pistol. He saw it. So some of the group jumped into a gray car and took off while others jumped over a fence. During the eight-minute call, you could hear the witness still talking to the dispatcher until he says, he's shooting him. Oh, my God, he's shooting him. Now, the he's shooting him, I assume, was the police officer, and I don't know if he's black or white or Hispanic or whatever he is, nor do I care at the situation at this exact moment. He's shooting him. Well, what do police recover from Tyree King? A gun. Now, it's found out later that it's a BB gun, but I don't know if you've seen the picture of it, but it looks just like my Glock 40 caliber. And from five feet away, because I'm sure a well-trained officer with years of experience would not be five feet with our in or closer to an armed suspect. I'm sure from a distance that officer or those officers could not tell that this 40 XP BB gun was not an actual 40 caliber Glock. Now you heard at the very beginning from the mayor of Columbus, who talked about there's a problem with the obsession of guns and violence, and it's not the chief's responsibility, it's not the mayor's responsibility, it's everyone's responsibility. And you heard the chief talk about how it was no officer's wish to ever have to go through this, to do this to a 13 year old, and that at 2.30 in the morning when they're chasing bad guys that have guns, things like this will happen. And then you heard from, I believe, Tyree King's football coach who said, oh, he didn't have to die. Aren't police trained to disarm? Not when it's life or death. And we've covered that. Not when it's life or death. Sir, please drop the gun. Don't shoot and kill me so I don't go home to my family. No, it doesn't work that way. And he wanted all the kids to remember Tyree's smile and how much of a great kid he was. Well, and then he said he wished he could have done more. Well, there is more he could have done. Now, let's think back to what the chief of police said. She said it's 2.30 in the morning. They're out chasing bad guys, 13-year-olds. Here's where the coach could have done more. If he cared about his kids, instead of making the excuse of, oh, police should have disarmed and he was a good kid, what you should have been doing as his coach is also mentoring him to say, oh, you should really stay in, at home in the middle of the night. Oh, you should not go out and commit armed robberies at 2.30 in the morning. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. King, 
I really need you to have your son focused on his schoolwork so he can continue to be on the team. That's how you could have done more. And to the mayor's point, it is not his responsibility to make sure individuals like Tyree King and anyone else that wants to do this are not going in the streets with BB guns, with real guns, with water guns, whatever kind of gun, and committing armed robberies. At 13, Mr. King's parents should have had a grip on where he was. So who I really question are the parents. Where were you not knowing where your 13-year-old was at 2.30 in the morning? What was so important in your life that you had no idea where your child was at 2.30 in the morning? Now, granted, my son is almost 16, but I assure you, at 2.30 in the morning, I'm going to be home. And I assure you, if he attempts to get out, I will hear it and I will jump in his ass about where he's going. So why is it that the community of Columbus, Ohio, wants to point the blame at the police for doing their jobs versus at the parents of Mr. Tyree King? And I really question that at 13, what kind of life have you experienced where you think it's okay to go out and rob people at 2.30 in the morning? Is this something you saw at home? Is this something you visualized? Is this something certain people in your family taught you to do at 13? Really? At 13, your only function in life is to get through high school. That is your only function. And to do the dishes, mow the lawn, get the mail, or whatever else your parents tell you to do legally, that is your only function in life at 13. But yet now, people want to blame the police department of Columbus, Ohio, for not being trained to disarm. Disarm what? Because once that bullet, let's say for one second that it wasn't a BB gun and it was a real gun, and I can go down the list of the 40-plus officers shot and killed this year, once that bullet leaves that chamber, there is no disarming. They're not Superman. They're not going to be able to fly out of the way of the bullet or dodge the bullet real quick. And God forbid it hits somewhere where the vest doesn't protect. Then what? Are we talking about disarming then? Are they then still supposed to say, well, sir, I know you just shot me, but please drop the gun. Please drop the gun, Tyree King. Oh, I can tell from 20 feet away that it's a BB gun, even though it looks just like my service weapon. Please drop the gun. We need to wake up. It doesn't happen that way. The real problem is, just like the mayor said, there's this fascination with guns and violence. And it's not because of the police that people have this fascination. Hell, people have had that fascination since I was 13. And that was 30 years ago. This isn't a new phenomenon in the black community. It's been happening. But now everyone wants to place the blame on the police because there's racial disparity. There's all of this racial stuff. But no one's saying, hey, we need to be responsible for our actions. Tyree King's parents 
aren't sitting there saying, oh, we need to be responsible that our son was not home. They're pointing the finger at the police while their son was out committing a crime. Here's the thing. You do a crime. Chances are you're going to encounter police. When you encounter police, you pull a weapon on them. Not chances are you will get shot at. That's a fact. So how could Mr. King have stayed alive? A, and the most important, Tyree King at 13 could have been at home in bed or playing Xbox or chatting on the phone with his girlfriend or whatever 13-year-olds do, normal 13-year-olds. And B, when he encountered police, when he encountered police, the fastest response should have been compliance, getting on the ground, putting your hands out to your side. Do not move. Do not reach for anything. Because if there is an idiot out there that thinks at 2.30 in the morning that police will be able to tell that this 40 XP BB gun is not a real gun, <laughs> I challenge you to go out at 2.30 in the morning and encounter that and pray that it's a BB gun and that you don't get shot. Pray that it's a BB gun and you don't get shot. And then I challenge you to say, oh, I'm not even going to exercise my right as a citizen to defend myself against this person that has this gun pointed at me. I'm going to ask, sir, could you please disarm? I don't want to be shot. I challenge you to do that. And then you come back and let me know how that worked out for you. If it's a real gun and you didn't get shot, then great. But chances are, chances are, if it's a real gun, you're going to get shot. If it's a BB gun and you think your life is in danger, guess what? You're going to be doing the shooting because it is your right as a U.S. citizen to do so. So I, I, I just read up on it. And the officer who shot Tyree is a nine-year veteran. And the media has released his name. So I guess I can. Uh, Brian Mason. He is white. So I'm sure that eventually, and, you know, with Hillary and Trump battling about their health records and all of this stuff, it hasn't hit quite yet. But I'm sure eventually someone at the White House from the Obama administration is going to make yet another speech on the racial disparity in the black community and how this death is tragic and heck, we may even hear if I had a son, he would look like Tyree from President Obama himself. Because you got this nine-year police officer, a white police officer, who I'm sure if you check his history has worked mostly in the black community. Because, again, I know numbers and demographics, not because he wanted to work in the projects of Columbus, Ohio, but because demographically, that's where the crime is the highest and that's where he is assigned I'm sure someone in the administration will twist that and turn it to say that this officer preyed on young black men and this could have been avoided. But I will agree with that last comment. It could have been avoided. Don't rob people. Don't pull a gun on police. I don't care if it's a BB gun. I can't tell that from 20 feet away. And I'm sure... This officer who's been on the job nine years, I assure you, like I said, was not five feet or closer to someone he thought was armed because that is the kill zone. 
That's what it is. It's the kill zone. So I'm sure once, you know, Hillary's health scare blows under and Donald Trump's health records are known and whatever else they're battling about, this will start to gain more traction in the mainstream media. And we'll see more of what we've seen in the past. The Black Lives Matter movement demanding justice. We'll see Al Sharpton. We'll see President Obama. We'll see all these people demanding justice when the justice they should have demanded was for the robbery victim. I mean, let's be truthful. There was an individual that got robbed. I don't care if it was for only $10. The fact is, he got robbed. And I demand justice for Tyree as well, but not because he got shot and killed by police. I demand justice because his parents failed him. His family failed him. His coach that said, oh, aren't police trained to disarm, failed him. That is the justice I demand for Tyree and the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of other little black boys that can easily be your next Michael Brown, Tyree King, Alton Sterling, Tamir Rice. I can go on and on and on about those that are sitting out there that we haven't heard of yet. It's because their family is failing them. And then when the stuff hits the fan and they encounter police and they die, no one wants to take the blame for what they did. No one wants to give that kind of justice. But God forbid they come in contact with police and police are forced, 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 not want, forced to take action. You mark my words. Give it a week or so, and this is going to gain national attention. You're going to hear the same speeches from the same people about black racial disparity amongst blacks and police. Mark my words. Now, speaking of Black Lives Matter, and, you know, I've, I've said this, and I have no problem saying it again, how the Obama administration, Hillary Clinton, the Department of Justice have, have have racially divided this country and pretty much made police officers a target by essentially, essentially preaching hate against police. I've said it. I stand behind it. I won't change my mind on it. Now, there's actually a, a sergeant in Dallas who is actually suing the Black Lives Matter movement, President Obama, Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton, Reverend Al Sharpton, the Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan, and some billionaire named George Soros, whoever he is, I have no idea. But he's suing them, basically stating defendants, and I'm reading a quote from the lawsuit, defendants incite people to violence and cause violence by telling those people that they are under attack. Hmm, sounds like something I've said before. Defendants are encouraged, dis are encouraging disaffected blacks, black Muslims, Muslims and other allied with them, including certain whites, to ignore, disrespect and assault law enforcement officials and commit violence and lethal force. Hmm, sounds like something I've said where I've said, oh, it's okay if you go out and commit crimes. It's okay if you do this, unless the police interact, then it's not okay. And we'll go protect your civil rights. 
We've heard it from Hillary. We've heard it from Obama. We've heard it from Al Sharpton. We've heard it from Farrakhan. We've heard it from all these people. So now this police officer who's been on the department 17 years, he's actually a sergeant. So he's been on for quite a while, is suing the Black Lives Matter movement, Obama, Hillary, Sharpton, Farrakhan, and this millionaire for $500 million in damages. Hmm. But here is the kicker. He's black. Did you hear me? He's black. Wait a minute. So you have another black police officer who's still active saying the same things that I've been saying for the last year that the administration in the office right now is creating hazards for the police by coming to the aid of criminals every single time and calling it racial that he's they're racially dividing the country wow really and it goes on from his attorney who gave a statement he says the defendants if not legally reined in are allegedly responsible along with others for igniting a race war that will ultimately destroy the freedoms that our founding forefathers beseeched to us. Hmm. Wow. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that by saying things like, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon Martin. Oh, I know I'm at the funeral of five dead police officers, but you need to hear the pain of Alton Sterling's family. Oh, the shooting of Michael Brown was unjustified. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that that is racially dividing the country? You mean to tell me that Vincent Hill is not the only black person who has been in law enforcement to think that? Oh, my gosh. Hmm. Maybe, just maybe there's something to that. Now, will he get $500 million? I doubt it. But it kind of makes you think if you have a seasoned law enforcement officer who could easily lose his career because of this, because he can get blackballed and all of this other stuff, and maybe he just doesn't care. You know, he's been on 17 years. He's vested. He won't lose his pension. Maybe he doesn't care. Or maybe, maybe, just maybe, he cares enough about what's going on with his brothers and sisters in law enforcement, not only in Dallas, but across this great country that he's fed up with it and he sees it for what it is and he's calling BS BS the same way I've been doing. Man, maybe I can get in on this lawsuit. I don't need 500 mil. I just need about a mil. I'll be good. Maybe I can get on this lawsuit because I've been saying this for the last year. But I think it's ironic that the Black Lives Matter movement <laughs> is being sued by a black guy. He's black. I think it's really funny that they're being sued not only by a police officer, but by a black police officer. Now, I'm sure there's going to be all kind of hate mail to this guy. He's going to be called the same things I've been called for the last year. Uncle Tom, a coon, a sellout. 
all these other names that most people that when they hear the truth want to call you. I'm sure he's going to get that too. But hey, I applaud him for taking a stand for being as brave as he is. Not only brave to go out on the streets, but brave enough to say, you know what? I'm going to sue the highest person in the land, the highest ranking official in the United States of America. I'm going to sue him. And I don't care if he's black. I just know what he's created for the last eight years has put my life, the lives of my partners, the lives of officers across this country in danger. So I commend him for that. And I'm curious to see how that lawsuit turns out. Now, the unfortunate part of the show, Roll Call. And, you know, I wanted to focus on a different type of killed in the line of duty because I'm always focusing on officers that are shot in the line of duty. And that's really my way of firing back at all of these knuckleheads, these naysayers that say police work is dangerous and people that have guns won't shoot at police and blah, blah, blah. But I want to focus because... One thing that a lot of people forget is that police are human. And I've said it before, they're human. Their bodies are human. So therefore, their bodies do things just like the ordinary person. And I want to pay my respect on this roll call to Patrol Officer Jason Garello, Cook County Sheriff's Office in Cook County, Illinois, his end of watch uh, Thursday, September 15th, 2016. Last week, he was actually a training instructor at the academy. He was out running with cadets on their PT run. He collapsed, had a heart attack. He was transported to the hospital and pronounced dead at 8.30 that morning. He had served on the department for 14 years. He is survived by his daughter, and now she will never see her dad again due to a heart attack. So I just wanted to throw that out there for all of those people, again, who think police are not human. They have no emotion. You know, they don't give police super drugs to make them like Universal Soldier. If you remember that movie where they're just this machine that goes around and kills people. No, their bodies react. Their bodies have problems just like everyone else's. And I want to pay my respect. Godspeed to Jason Gorillo, Cook County Sheriff's Office. Thank you for giving the ultimate sacrifice. Thank you for dying, doing what you loved, training new officers to go out and to protect and serve. And I want to thank you, my loyal listeners, for listening to me tonight for this last half hour. I appreciate you. I love you. I'll be back next week, same time, 8 p.m., right here, RadioInfluence.com. And I would be remiss if I did not send a happy belated birthday to my man, Jason Floyd at RadioInfluence.com. I'm telling you, he and Jerry are taking the radio world by storm. Radio Influence will be the next big thing in radio. Thank you and good night. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence.
Radio Influence strives to bring you the best in digital media broadcasting. We've got something for everybody. National sports radio talents such as the fabulous sports babe and Rich Herrera. Huge podcasts like the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. And the MMA Insiders with Jason Floyd and Sam Kaplan. New shows like Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill. Entertainment shows like LOL with Nancy Alexander. And shows that'll make you think like Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger. We've got you covered. You can find all our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com. 